0: Good evening, Hillcrest Baptist Church. Amen. Lovely to see you this evening. Can I please have my slides up? Thank you very much. So we're going to be doing something a little bit different tonight. Um, we, I wouldn't say I'm going to be preaching a sermon at all. What I would like to do is... Um, go through what I would call a short meditation with you on Hebrews 13 verses 5 to 6. So that is what we're going to be doing tonight. The aim of this evening is that we would fairly quietly contemplate this um, these two verses and that this promise of God would grip us and change our lives. It is a wonderful promise that we are going to be looking at. The intent of this promise is to change us and to anchor us in our Christian lives. So I would ask you to focus your hearts and minds on this verse as we go through it. I cannot make this verse powerful to my own heart let alone your hearts we truly depend on the holy spirit this evening and so i'm going to pray now briefly for god to do this work in our hearts just to say that it is it is so uh, a contemplative meditation if you are prone to closing your eyes during the sermon Well, tonight is a good time to do that. We will assume you are meditating very hard on the verse. Let's pray. Our Lord, our God, as we come to your word, we are always so dependent on you. It is sharp. It is living. It is active. But so often our hearts are cold, hard. And our minds are dull. And particularly this evening, Lord, I feel my inadequacy. And so all of us tonight lift our eyes to you. Would you please be gracious to us and send your spirit to speak to our hearts through your word and to glorify Christ. We ask this in his name. Amen. Okay, so I hope the technology is working. Wonderful. Okay. So I'm soon going to put the verse up for us, and we're going to keep the verse up and just work through it for about 15 or 20 minutes. So I've called this um, and we're going to see the promise soon a promise for all seasons. So why did I why did I give it that title? Well, We have seen some books or even some movies that have been called a man of all seasons. What does that expression mean? Well, when we say a person is um, for all seasons or a man or a woman for all seasons, what it means is that they just know how to deal appropriately with every situation in their lives. No matter what happens to them, uh, difficulties, joys or struggles, They know and they have an appropriate response. And so a promise for all seasons means a foundational, fundamental promise that God has given to us that should be an anchor to help us weather all the storms of life that we might go through as a Christian and so i believe that you will see that this promise that we're going to dwell on tonight is indeed a promise for all seasons we desperately need to have this promise in our heart every day to anchor us in our christian life so that we live a life that honors god hebrews 13 verses 5 to 6 let's 5 to 6 let's read through it Keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, and here is the promise, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me a basic, fundamental promise that is given to us by the Lord to anchor us in our lives. Let's have a look just briefly at the flow of thought through this passage. So it starts off with an instruction that you and I are to keep our lives from the love of money, a particularly destructive sin and we are to keep ourselves free from this destructive sin. Not only that, we are to be content with everything that we have. How are we to do that? Why are we to be content? Well, there's an important word there, for. Because, in other words, because of this promise, I will never leave you nor forsake you, we are instructed to and we are able to keep our lives free from the love of money, and we are able to be content in our lives as they are right now. As your life is right now, you are expected to be content because of this promise here, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And then we have another important word. So, in other words, because of this promise, I will never leave you or forsake you, we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. In other words, this promise, I will never leave you nor forsake you, must move us to a place of confidence, and this promise should quell Every single fear that we might have or come across in our Christian lives. So can you see why I'm saying that this is a promise for all seasons? It is meant to keep us from that destructive sin of covetousness and the love of money. It is meant to give us contentment in our lives as they are right now. And this promise is meant to quell every single fear that we might have or come across as a Christian, and there are many. So this promise here is, I believe, a promise for all seasons. It keeps us from the soul-destroying sin of the love of money. It helps us deal with discontentment in our lives. It quells Every fear, it is a promise for all seasons, and it is a fundamental anchor in our Christian life. We've got three headings tonight, very fairly quickly. A personal promise is the first heading. The second heading is dealing with sin in our lives. And the third heading is moving towards confidence. Let's look at the first heading, a personal promise. Back to our verse. The first word that we really need to focus our hearts on is this word, he. In the Greek, there's a particular emphasis on this word, he. There's a strong emphasis. A lot of translations will translate that word, he himself. He himself has said. And there is a second word there, I. Okay, so this, I want to tell you, is a particularly personal promise that God wants to emphasize in your heart. He himself has made this promise, and this promise starts with the word I. And so God wants you to know tonight that this promise is for you and for me. And it comes from his heart, from his whole being, to you and to me. It is deeply personal, and it is a personal commitment from God to give himself to you and I in our lives. He gives himself to us in this promise, I am yours, and I will never leave you nor forsake you. We need to focus on this word, will. The Lord says here, I will never leave you nor forsake you. As I was meditating on this verse, I believe we need to feel a forceful determination from the Lord. He wants us to feel the certainty of this one word in this promise. I will never leave you nor forsake you. There is a forceful determination from him. He wants us to feel it and to be certain of this promise. And then this word never. I want us tonight to feel the scope and the power of this one word. That the Lord will never leave us. I suppose the closest we have to this promise is in marriage right when two people come together they they take an oath towards each other and essentially they do make this commitment I'm not going to leave you and I'm not going to forsake you I'm going to love you and to cherish you and um, honor you um, in my life but it is not there's no never in there is there what do we say in marriage? I will. I give myself to you, and I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will love you and cherish you until death us do part. It's not forever. There is not a never in that statement because we are limited. And as we look at marriages around us, even despite those oaths, we see marriages crumbling. People go back on their word. They don't keep their word, their sexual immorality, which tends to really break marriages, and then there is death, where nobody on this earth can commit themselves to you forever. But the Lord, in this promise, he says to you, and he says to me, I will never, ever leave you or forsake you. And we just need to feel the scope of that. You know, death is quite a terrifying thing because it's that one thing in the world that we are going to face all alone. Our spouse does not come with us. Our children cannot come with us. But here we have a promise from the Lord. I will never leave you or forsake you and that transcends death itself. Life happens to us. We go through ups and downs. We go through difficulties. We go through trials. We go through sadnesses. We go through joys. But here is a rock solid anchor. I'm sorry I clicked. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I just want you to, in your life now, just to think about that promise. This is what a meditation is. The Lord of glory makes a personal promise to you and I that he will never leave us nor forsake us. It is a fundamental promise for the Christian life In fact, I believe it is one of the fundamental promises for the Christian life. Do you know that when we became Christians, God could have done a number of things for us. It's within his power to do this. He could have fixed our bank account, whatever that looked like. He could have sorted it out then and there and deposited a cool 20 or 30 million rand cash into our deposit. He could easily have done that. He could have also fixed up all of our health problems, that as you were born again and you became a believer, you just feel something happening in your teeth and all your orthodontics are sorted out. Any crooked spine or or muscle that had deteriorated, you just feel something happening and you are healthy, you are wealthy, and I mean, wouldn't that be wow? I would love that, you know, so let's not I hope I'm not too carnal if I'm telling you. I would love that if that had happened to me. No aches and pains, full of energy. Um, And the Lord has not done that for you and I when we become a Christian, right? He does something more extravagant. He does something more extravagant for you and I. He gives Himself to us. Look at that promise. That is a personal pledge from the eternal almighty God that he is giving himself to you for your Christian walk and he is never going to leave you and he is never going to forsake you. And he wants that promise to impact us in our lives. Let's speak about dealing with sin, our second heading. The love of money. The love of money is one of those root sins. The Bible tells us in 1 Timothy 6, especially verse 10, that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It says that in the pursuit of the love of money, people turn away from the faith, even. They depart from the living God to pursue money. It is a particularly destructive sin in our lives. The Lord Jesus spoke and when he encountered that rich young ruler, what did he say? He said to his disciples, children, it is difficult for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. As people, we love money more than we love God. And so this particular sin, the love of money, is a root sin that gives birth to a whole lot of other sins, and it is spiritually destructive in our lives. And this promise says, this verse tells us you must keep yourself free from the love of money. How do we do that? Because the Lord has given himself to you. I want you to notice something. So what is so bad about the love of money? Why is the sin so great? Look at what the verse says. Keep yourself from the love of money, for he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So if your heart is hankering after money, it is not just that you are dissatisfied with your bank account. You are dissatisfied with the Lord himself. Isn't that right? Because look at that pledge. Keep yourself from the love of money for I will never leave you or forsake you. I have given myself to you, not riches. I've given you something more extravagant. I've given you myself. And so when we pursue the love of money, we are saying to God, Lord, you are not enough for me and you do not satisfy my soul. And we pursue money. That is how heinous the sin of the love of money is. Contentment. The second sin of contentment. We all know what it means to be discontent because we've all been discontent at times in our Christian life. It is a grumbling or complaining attitude with the things that God has given us. We can be discontent with our life, our job, our financial situation, our health, our spouse, our country, and the list can just go on of being discontent with the Lord. Look carefully what that says. It says, be content with what you have. In other words... The circumstances that God has placed you in now, whether you're rich or poor, whether you are married or single, whether you have a happy marriage or not such a happy marriage, whatever children, um, how many children, if you have children, your life in South Africa, be content with what you have now. That is what God expects us to do. And if we are not, it is exactly the same as the love of money. If we are not content right now with what the Lord has given us and is doing in our lives, it means that we are not just discontent with the things, we are discontent with the Lord himself. Because he says, be content with what you have because I will never leave you nor forsake you. Do you see how personal that is and how extravagant that is that God has pledged himself to you? And so then to be discontent means we say to the Lord, you do not satisfy me and you are not enough for me. Discontentment is a great sin. And so this third sin of fear. Look at it again. I will never leave you nor forsake you because of this promise. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. So how many things can we fear in this world? So many things. Crime, economy, the pandemic, disease, retrenchments, and the list can go on and on and on, we so easily fall into fear, and it can cripple us. I want you to notice in this verse the stupidity of fear. The stupidity of fear. Look at what that promise says. The Lord, the eternal God, gives himself to you in your Christian walk, and he tells you, I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. So what do we have to fear? It is so stupid to be fearful of anything in this world. We are saying that that thing we are scared of is greater than God. And that is absolutely insane. It is stupid. And yet we fall into it so easily. The almighty God has given us this promise so that we can live a deliberately obedient life and we can have a determination that we are not going to live our life in fear of anything, but we are going to boldly serve the Lord. I just want to, we're coming right near the end now, just want to stand back and look at this promise. I will never leave you or forsake you. So, the Lord has given us this promise. What is His expectation that that promise there is going to do for you and I? What we have seen is that the Lord expects that that promise is enough for you and I to live a godly Christian life, free from the love of money, free from grumbling and discontent with our lives and free from fear. That is what the Lord expects, that promise there to do for you and I. Is it doing that in your life and in my life? It should be. It is a promise, a personal promise from God to you where he pledges himself that he will never, ever, Leave you or forsake you, no matter what you go through, no matter what storm you have to weather, and even as you pass through the veil of death, he will never leave you or forsake you, you will not be alone. And God expects this promise to be enough for us to live a Christian life. And so as we close, becoming bold, look what the verse says. I will never leave you or forsake you because of this promise. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. This promise is meant to move us to holy boldness in our lives and in serving the Lord. This promise was the one given to Joshua, wasn't it? He had to go in with a whole bunch of ex-slaves and conquer the promised land. How on earth do you do that? The fears that could have arisen in his mind, we don't have military might, we don't have an atomic bomb, we don't have tanks. In fact, we've only got maybe some... um, spades or something like that we're going into a land of there's some giants there they are skilled militarily how does Joshua stand up and be bold and confident and conquer the land is that promise there can we not overcome some of our fears through a promise like this it is an extravagant promise to you and I And it should move us to holy boldness. So this promise here is a promise that we should have on our hearts every day. And so I want to close by asking you, it would be worth your while to memorize these two verses and to have this promise in your heart every day to help keep out the love of money, And covetousness, which is destructive, to keep you from discontentment and grumbling against the Lord and to quell every single fear you might have or come across in your life and to move you to holy boldness. It is a personal promise from the Lord to you and I, and he will never leave us or forsake us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we We are so foolish. With such an extravagant promise, we should be bold, we should be courageous. We should be living sacrificial lives for you and how easily we are distracted and we are paralyzed by fear. And I pray That as we meditate on your word generally, but specifically this promise, it might move us to godly living for you in full confidence and faith that the eternal Lord is with us. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen.